Awesome, awesome, awesome. The topic tonight is going to be concerning pleasing men, pleasing men or men pleasers. And uh, I wonder how each one of us has interacted with something like that. Yes, if you have no job, I'll be thinking about you pleasing people that are important to you. And you can think of it as a boyfriend or girlfriend or, or husband or wife. When that friction begins to rub between pleasing God or pleasing men, and sometimes it's hard to know the difference uh, because, say, all authority comes from God, and sometimes, but sometimes bosses or men can create in us a fear or a desire to want to please them, especially when it comes to the benefits that come with uh, what Arthur likes to call kissing feet or pleasing people. And uh, what ends up happening is that uh, the pressure begins to build. And so when we don't get the approval from these men, sometimes we feel down. We are continuing with a theme of the feeling that feels like stamping or treading the mud, but heading nowhere. Remember, that's the backdrop with which we are developing these themes. Wanting to move, you're stamping your feet, you're treading the mud, but moving nowhere. And sometimes the feeling that comes to us, yes, is that funny feeling of I'm not getting approval from men. And tonight, We'll have Pastor Martin take us directly through the scriptures to focus on this particular concept of pleasing men versus pleasing God. One more time, you are welcome. How do you handle the pressure of wanting to please your boss? We must be honest with each other. Each one of us has faced that kind of pressure. David, <laughs> I know you've had a boss before. David Chirabira is our special guest tonight. And uh, Martin is going to be our speaker for tonight. And uh, I was talking to Martin earlier on today. I told him, man, you better get prepared because we have David kind of talking about the same topic you're going to be talking about. And uh, you better be prepared. Well, um, like you say, this is an interesting topic. Um, and, and, and let me just begin by saying that uh, wanting to please your boss is not a bad thing. Uh, mm. I think there's a healthy pleasing of your boss when you, as a steward knowing that your boss is the boss and is the master, when mm. you do what your boss requires of you to do, that is a healthy pleasing of the boss. But um, if you are going beyond what is required and uh, uh, wanting the boss maybe to turn a blind eye towards your incompetence or mm. you know some shady deals involved in there and you're doing everything to, to please him, I think that is very unhealthy. Mm. Uh, for me... It's not been easy, but I think the the turning point for me was uh, some time back. I, I think over 10 years back, I had a boss somewhere, and um, he ended up being my disciple, a very great friend of mine. I, I think I almost refer to him every so often. Uh, he's, he's soon celebrating about uh, 20 years in ministry. But mm. uh, he said something at the beginning when I when I met him. He he said, you know, he's not impressed by what people do. Mm. And he said he loves when people are genuine. Mm. Because I admired him so much and I wanted to spend so much time with him, I realized that the only way I was going to you know, spend time with him and learn from him was me being genuine and putting all this fakeness to the side. And, mm. and, and I knew, I mean, I just had to be myself. If I failed, I failed. If I was struggling, I was struggling. And, and you know, there was no trying to please. And I think having interacted with him for over four years, I think that somehow helped. Uh, mm. Do I still have the urge to please my boss? Yes, I do. But mm. uh, I, I try to check myself to make sure that it doesn't go to the unhealthy side because mm. it ends up affecting, you know, even your testimony um, mm. in the long run. 
The real Is if I go to is that the same boss who used to share with us uh, in the morning when you tell him you've done your quiet time and uh, he's just not he's not amazed or <laughs> he's not wow is that the same guy you're talking about? Um, well, let me just mention his name. Rick Garland was the uh, executive mm. director for the Bible Institute. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Um, yeah. And I do remember you using that explanation, that example, and uh, it always reminded me because there were days when. Uh, we used to do devotions in the morning and we're doing the same mm-hmm. quiet time. And it was always good to know that you have done your quiet time, even while you're sharing your devotions uh, or what you think about the passage. And, and we caught ourselves, at least for me, moments where I would wake up to literally do my quiet time because that morning there's stuff devotions and you have to have something to share. And I think that's a very terrible place to be, uh, especially when it has the line with your relationship with God. And I still remember... Uh, your statement uh, in, in saying this guy was never impressed just because you've done your quiet time. So, so I, I guess to answer your question, now I'm just thinking about it. I think one of the ways to, you know, deal with that issue of the pressure of pleasing somebody else or the boss is getting a discipler that you can be real with, someone that you can sit down and tell mm. them and asks you those questions. So why did you do this? And, you know, you get to the heart of the issue as to why you're doing certain things. I, I think he really helped mm. me in, in, in that in that direction. Amen. 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 Someone here, Lucy, said, in my life, I'm so sad to confess that often I cut others down and expose their failure just so I can look like the better person. It's terrible, but it is true. The Lord is teaching me to be quiet. That's a very, very genuine, genuine expression of what's going on here. Thank you so much, Lucy, uh, for sharing that. And I think it's very typical, especially in the workplace, where you 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 comment in the meeting, you you put up your hand, you put someone else down, their idea down, so that you can turn out to be uh, the better. Sometimes it's very unconscious. Sometimes it's unconscious. And I think I too am guilty uh, in that area. But thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us and uh, sharing that uh, with us. Can I chime in? And and I think you know. What Lucy shared yeah. is a very common thing, and and, and mm. I've noticed that in in situation organizations or churches where um, people are not allowed to know that there is plenty for everyone. Mm. Uh, there's a book that I read that that that, that called it small plate mentality. You know, mm. there's a small plate for everyone, and, and therefore everyone is trying to fight to mm. get the little that is on that small plate. But I, I think good organizations and good leadership lets everybody know that the the, the plate is big we can never mm. exhaust it so we don't have to start eating other and eating each other up just to be able to get the eye of the boss and mm. Um, mm. you know the organization recognizing each one of us is different each one of us is gifted differently and therefore mm. there's no need for me to try and get somebody else's uh you know spotlight so mm, mm. that's interesting but it's a very common thing very common that is true i wonder who wrote that book it sounds like uh, when we we're growing up <laughs> the food wasn't enough and so every man for himself every man for himself <laughs> i don't live to as africa but thank you it's an interesting title interesting title i'll be, I'll be asking another question uh, to you david uh, later on tonight uh, but it's interesting that we are talking about this and you being a boss and some of the people that uh, report to you are here listening in and uh, just to hear your heart. Thank you so much for, for being with us. I really appreciate it. Here and now. 
God is making diamonds out of dust. No, but that was some courage you sharing that with us. Nobody is saying sometimes he tends to overwork himself. He says, I won't care much about anything else. He says, I've lost some relationships in the name of working too much. And that right there, I think, is a very common trap for most of us. And where work begins to take precedent and above relationships. And uh, some relationships, yes, can be lost. Thank you, Nobat, for sharing that with us. I wish I could have you call in. But our time is uh, running out and put you on the hot seat and find out exactly how you handle this. Because I could, I could see some of what you're talking about even in your days when the university was still open. David, here's another question for you. And uh, the question is, how about you as a boss? Now, before you are sharing with us your experience as being one that has a boss, but how about you as a boss? How do you handle the pressure wanting to please people especially when it comes to making decisions that you very well know may not be popular, but you still go ahead and make that decision knowing that people will look at you with a bad eye. Let me call it that word, bad eye. How have you handled that kind of situation in your life, David? Um, one of the things I think that uh, has really helped me is uh, I love to read. And there's a book that mm. had a very profound impact on me um, some time back. I think this is over 15 years back. Um, I was in a position of responsibility and, uh, you know, struggling with that whole issue of trying to please people. And then one of the books that I had to read at that time, and I don't remember whether it was for school or, you know, it was a book that we had to read as uh, the staff at that time. But it, it is when people are big and god is small mm. by edward welch i have read that book several times and that shows mm. that you know i have not conquered that yet but i think that book really brought it to to to, to light and and one particular place and i'm going to read it because i i have the book with me here this is mm. what it says regarding other people in, in terms of us wanting to please people, it mm. says regarding other people, our problem is that we need them for ourselves mm. more than we love yeah. them for the glory of God. The task God sets for us as leaders is to need them less and love them more. Mm. In essence, when I do things so that people are happy and I want to please them, it shows that there's a desperate need for me. Uh, I have a need for them. I am looking for acceptance. I am looking for affirmation from people. And, mm. and one of the verses that really catches my head is uh, somewhere in John chapter 2, verse 24. Now, the background to that is Jesus Christ is entering Jerusalem and people are so excited. They are cheering him on. They are, you know, they are, they are imploring him to do certain things. And verse 24 says, Jesus did not pay attention to them. Neither did mm. he bow down to you know, the cause that they had for him because he knew people, because he knew the hearts of men. Listen, the same people that I'm trying to please today I'm, and breaking my back to get their affirmation, tomorrow are the same people that are going to be stoning me. And, mm. and, and so I know that I'm called to be a leader. And, and John Maxwell says, you know, the back stops at the leader. I cannot give excuses before God or even before my bosses that, 
you know, the reason I did this was because the people wanted it. The question is going to be mm. who's the leader in that case. Um, and, mm. and, and then just going back to the core of my needs, do I really need the people or do I love them? Mm. Um, if I really need the affirmation of my son, when he does something, I will not spank him because I need him to love me. I need him to, to say, oh, dad is better than mom. And that makes me feel good. But what is happening is that his, his morals are going downhill. And, and, and that shows I don't love him enough. And so I have to get to a point of asking myself, do I need them more or do I love them more? And if I love them more, I will do what is right rather than doing what I feel I should do for them to, to please them. And then maybe just wow. a few more minutes. One of the things that also mm. helped me was uh, mm. my extracurricular activities, being a referee. Uh, being mm. a referee, you're the most unpopular person. Uh, everybody is shouting at you and, and abusing you, especially the fans of the team that are losing, but even the other fans. And, and I learned with time that, you know, um, I know the rules, I know what I'm, I'm calling, and the fans out there, most of the times they don't know. And it's the same thing that happens even within an organization. Most of the people mm. you're leading may not know the background as to why you have to mm. make certain decisions. But guess what? The game has to go on. The game, game has to go on safely for all the players. And you need to make the right calls regardless of whether the fans are happy or not. You're not there to please the fans. You're there to carry out a job. Wow, that, that was profound, V. That was profound. That was way beyond what I really asked for. But thank you, thank you so much for bringing so much uh, light to us in relation to this topic. And I like the idea and the example you gave of refing a game. Uh, because there you are, there's a whole crowd, a stadium against one person. <laughs> and knowing, especially yeah. for rugby, where there are actually not rules, but there are laws. Why? Because... <laughs> The broken someone's life is at stake and knowing that their life literally mm -hmm. is in your hand, depending on the call that you make mm -hmm. and having that ability to make that call amidst the unpopularity of men is, is very, very difficult. And I think that's what God calls us to do. I mean, you gave the example of Christ being stoned and him only trusting himself to men because he knew what was in man. And you see the other example of Pilate uh, making a call to release a rebel, Barabbas. Mm -hmm. Why? Because people say, they shouted and said, crucify. He knew what he was doing was not right, but for some reason he wanted to please men and people in that sense. So you've seen examples of bad leadership in that area and I think the Bible is clear concerning want to, wanting to please men. Timothy writes here and says, with pleasing bosses, I haven't struggled a lot. I've tried to meet their expectations accordingly in relation to the standards of my workplace. But then I struggled with watching, wanting to please my girlfriend, right now wife, pleasing my parents. That, that, can be, that can be something. And then Frankie said, truthfully speaking, I think the pressure to please my boss continues. Sometimes, sorry, helps to deliver my best. It helps me fight mediocrity. And uh, you're right about that. On the other hand, sometimes I even neglect my emotional well-being in pursuit of that. In the end, all authority comes from God. So I think it is no sin to please our bosses as long as they don't take the place of God or what he's referring to in terms of worshipping them. Thank you so much for those profound thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like you right now, I don't know if this will work for each one of us, to simply scroll 
to the top of the chart. Just kindly scroll your phones to the top of the chart. I've put for you lyrics uh, up there uh, just before you came of the song I'm going to be playing for you. I think it's a very interesting song for us to be able to just think about, even as we prepare for the coming topics. Some of the com- upcoming topics in the future are going to do with accountability, they're going to do with trust. But remember, the feeling we are trying to conquer, the step we are trying to conquer is wanting to, the, the feeling of treading the mud but heading nowhere that has been very profound, especially during these days where we've been locked down, where the schedules have been moved around, where the normal is no longer normal. And sometimes I think this song has really described that particular feeling uh, in our lives. I'm going to play for us this song. We'll listen to the whole song. Read the lyrics at the top of the charts, okay? Just scroll your phone to the top and uh, you will see those lyrics. After the song is over, I'll ask David to pray and commit Martin into God's hand as uh, he shares with us from God's word. Martin, I would like you to call in now as this song is playing. As this song is playing. The song is called Truth Be Told. Truth Be Told by Matthew West. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Line number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. The truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, yeah I'm fine, oh I'm fine, hey I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's And you know it I don't know why it's so hard to admit it When being honest is the only way to fix it There's no failure, no fall There's no sin you don't already know So let the truth be told There's a sign on the door Says come as you are But I doubt it Cause if we live like that was true Every Sunday morning pew would be crowded But didn't you say church Should look more like a hospital A safe place for the sick The sinner and the scarred And the prodigals like me truth be told the truth is rarely told oh am i the only one who says i'm fine yeah i'm fine oh i'm fine hey i'm fine but i'm not i'm broken and when it's out of control i say it's under control but it's not and you know it i don't know why it's so hard to admit it There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know So let the truth be told Can I really stand here unashamed Knowing that your love for me won't change Oh God, if 
sobering song let me just pray and then martin will share with us father thank you so much for tonight thank you for um all the people that are tuned in tonight and i pray that this will be a time for us to just examine our hearts and uh listen from you even as martin shares may you uh, help him to clearly communicate your word and uh, may you help us to have open hearts and open minds to what you have for us tonight i pray always trusting and believing in jesus name amen Martin. Wow. Thank you very much, David. You know, at some point I was wondering, do we need a someone, do we need a sharing this evening? Because, man, the wisdom that has been, just been shared has been so, so great. So I'd like to thank you so much, David and David. It's been wonderful. But anyway, let me go ahead. So uh, like uh, David has already shared, we are talking about pleasing people. And you, you will realize we are not the first people uh, to go through such challenges. And we're going to read uh, from Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. If you have your Bibles, you have your Swibles, please let's just get there and, and read together. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were, try, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now that's Paul speaking. But before we get to that passage, let me share a story uh, with you. I must confess that I watched this story in a Nigerian movie many years ago. Those days when Nigerian movies were the thing before the likes of Fast and Furious and Telemundo took over. You've probably heard this story before. This is a story of a man and his grandson who were traveling down the road, walking and leading a donkey. They met a man who said, how foolish for you to be warning The next traveler they met frowned and said, how dreadful for a strong boy to be riding while a feeble old man walks. So the old boy, sorry, the boy climbed off the donkey and his grandfather climbed on. The next person they met said, I can't believe a grown man would ride and make a little boy walk that. So the man pulled the boy up and they rode the donkey together until they met another man who said, I never saw anything so cruel in all my life. Two human beings riding on a poor defenseless donkey? Down the road, they met a couple of men. After they passed one of them, 
one of the men turned to the other and said, have you ever seen, sorry, have you ever before seen two fools carrying a donkey? Well, the point of this story is you can't please everyone. It can be frustrating even to try because it is impossible. The truth of the matter is, even if we could please everyone, we should not. In fact, trying to please others will often distract us from the one we should be pleasing if we are not careful. But if we are honest with ourselves, and I think there's been a lot of honesty this evening, we do spend a lot of time and effort trying to do things in a way that will please other people. Perhaps some of you here this evening choose the clothes you wear because of what you thought some people would think about you. Or maybe you drive a certain way to please your wife, your husband, work in a particular way because you want to please your boss, or speak a certain way because you want to fit in a certain group. Now, when it comes to clothes and driving and, what, and, and the other things, it's not as bad. But if we, are, if we start preaching a message about God and we are worried about what people might think, and so that causes us to change our message to make other people happy, that's a much bigger concern. And that's exactly what these false teachers were accusing Paul of. So going back to our text, we see that the Judaizers were telling everybody that they needed to be circumcised and they had to follow the law of Moses in order to be saved. And here Paul was saying, no, you don't need to do all those works of the law. All you need is faith in Jesus Christ. And what was their response? This is their response. They say, Paul, the only reason you are preaching that is because it's easy and because you know everybody will like you because you're making it easy for them to become a Christian. You're a people pleaser. Your message is motivated by a desire to keep people happy. So, beginning in our text, Paul says, For am I seeking the approval of men, of man, or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. When Paul was accused of trying to please men, he said, If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul says, I am not trying to please men by preaching a gospel of grace. But there was a time when I was trying to please men. You remember, it was before I became a Christian. Back when I was a Jew, when he was a Pharisee, he says, back then I cared a lot about what people thought about me. But now, all I care about is pleasing the one who called me by fulfilling my call. And now he insinuates that it was these false teachers, these Judaizers, who were the real people pleasers. They were the ones who, living in a way so as to please their fellow Jews. 
as Paul will describe in chapter 6, those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And we see that in Galatians chapter 6, verse 12. So what's the point in all of this for us? First, let me speak to those of us who are in ministry. And I think uh, it's important for all of us to constantly ask ourselves the question, who am I really trying to please? We need to constantly evaluate what we believe and what we teach and ask ourselves the question, do I believe this because it's what God wants me to believe or do I believe it because it's what my friends, my workmates, my family, and other people at church or my workplace expect me to believe. And I think there's a special warning here for those of us who are preachers, especially those of us who preach the word of God. I think we need to constantly ask ourselves the question, are we seeking to please God or to please men? If we are really honest with ourselves, which we do actually most of the time, how important to us is our popularity with other people? How many of us um, work on messages actually with the desire to impress certain people rather than to please God? How many subjects do we not preach on because it might offend someone more powerful in the organization or someone more powerful in the church or wherever we are in school. So for us who are preachers of, of the gospel, we constantly need to ask ourselves, am I doing this? Am I preparing this message to please God or am I doing it to please men? Now for others of you, Perhaps you experience this struggle in your place of work or at school. You're careful to do things like your boss, your workmates, your schoolmates want, even when it is uncomfortable or violates your convictions. You're careful not to say anything that might cause someone to find out that you're a Christian because of how they might react or how they may treat you. There's an example in scripture in John 12, verse 42, and it says, Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. So we see an example of, of people who are trying to, to keep themselves away from identifying with Christ because they did not want to be looked at a certain way. Like Paul, we all need to examine ourselves to see if there are any areas of our life where we are seeking the, to gain the approval of men. And it may not be an exaggeration to say that there is no aspect of Christian living that is more difficult than this. Determining whose approval we are most concerned about, this is one of the most difficult things that uh, we will face in our walk with the Lord. And I think it needs to be said that having approval from your friends, from your spouse, from your workmates, 
or others is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But there's a fine line between having the approval of others and having such approval as our motivation. I think that's, that's where the biggest problem is, where the approval of men is your motivation for whatever you do. So you, you work a certain way because your motivation is to be approved by men. You, you speak a certain way. You relate a certain way because you're looking at your motivation is to be approved by men. Our motivation must always be to please God and him alone. If we do that and others disapprove, so be it. It's okay for you, I mean, for everyone to be against you for as long as you know for sure and without a doubt that you're doing whatever you're doing to please God. In Proverbs 29 verse 25, Solomon wrote and said, Fear of man will prove to be a snare or a trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We live with the fear of man. What will he do to me? What will he say to me? What will he think? What's their opinion of me? Fear of man will prove to be a snare. There's someone who has once said that if you care about what people think, you will always be their prisoner. Our longing for the approval of others may well be one of the greatest limiting factors in our spiritual lives. And I'm convinced that if we could ever stop worrying about what other people think, we could accomplish so much more for the Lord. If you truly want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and if you want to live out the radical life that he has called us to live, you cannot be consumed with what people think about you. Because you cannot simultaneously live for the approval of people and the approval of God. It is not possible. And Jesus says you cannot serve two masters at a go. You're either going to please one and you're going to disappoint the other. So becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Thank you very much. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Martin. There's some very profound stuff you mentioned there that actually, even in preparing for this topic and thinking about it, I had not thought so much about it, that it was so clear like that from the scriptures. You cannot please two masters. Think about where your source of approval is coming from. That, that was awesome. Thank you. Debbie, any thoughts? Any thoughts to, did anything come to you while Martin uh, was sharing this I mean, evening? I mean, I mean, that, that he, he hit the ball out of the park. That, that was awesome. I mean, that's, that's what it is all about. I mean, when, when you talk mm. about leadership, especially those in leadership, Vastan nails it. There's something called mm. the dichotomy of leadership, where when you opt for something, you must be willing to lose something else. If you opt mm. to please men, then you must be willing to lose pleasing God. Uh, a, a few mm. days ago, I was just reminded of this is a very interesting story. My, my youngest son still uses a pacifier 
uh, we call it a binky and mm. uh, the, the mom was having a cake in her hand and uh, so Luca saw the cake and Luca wanted to eat the cake but at the same time have the pacifier in his mouth and I remember just <laughs> saying loud and said you can't eat mm. the cake and have the pacifier too you know <laughs> almost mm. like that saying you can't eat the cake your mm. cake and have it as well so uh, as leaders, I mean, just Galatians 1.10 nails it. You cannot please men and please God at the same time. You have to take out the pacifier, okay? And take the cake, which is God. Please God. Uh, so, I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome uh, devotion there from, from Martin. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, I mean, you still find people who... In their, ex, I don't want to say what, use the word extreme love for God, but I know that there are some people's lives that are just, I mean, for us, the grasshoppers, when we look at these giants, we see men that have really walked uh, with God, uh, pleased God, and they find a way, even in that whole uh, life that they're living, in trying to please God, some men are pleased. <laughs> if I can put it that way, men are ministered to, mm. and and so I don't also to go to the extreme in thinking it's either or, because he's called us number one to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls and everything, and say and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now people are difficult to love, but they can be loved, and I think that 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 fountain of love comes out of our desire to please God that when we want to please God that love eventually I think will overflow into the lives uh, of other people but thank you so much Martin and David uh, for joining us uh, this evening and sharing some very very profound uh, stuff I'm going to ask David uh, one more time to close for us in prayer and then I'll play for you some tracks and that will be the end of the show David could you kindly close for us in prayer please and before I close in prayer, um, uh, David, yeah. uh, you reminded me of something. Um, Martin talked about those of us who are in ministry and we preach. Uh, sometimes mm. in my class, I usually share this and I say to really test who you want to please. If you're a musician, after doing your nice special song that you've practiced for like two months, and then after you're done, if the crowd doesn't clap, how do you feel? <laughs> if after a sermon I have shared my, yeah. my heart out and nobody comes to talk to me, not even my wife, and says, hey, that was a good message, how do you feel? That really tells you who you are out to please. Let's pray. Father, thank Amen. you so much for uh, such a wonderful night, just getting to hear from your word and uh, being reminded that we need to seek to please you and sometimes pleasing you god entails us you know reaching out to the needs of people not for the purposes of us pleasing them but for us showing them the love that you call us to show to others sometimes pleasing you also means uh, you know pleasing our bosses and, and and being faithful to what you have given us to do in our workplaces uh, so, Father, may you help us to always uh, keep our eyes focused on you, even as we go through our lives uh, this side of heaven. Thank you for Martin and thank you for his ministry to us tonight. May you bless him, bless his family and uh, bless his ministry as well. 
and uh, for the rest of us those who are going to sleep may you grant us a good night and those uh, who it's still part of the day may you help them to have a wonderful uh, rest of the day thank you i pray all this trusting and believing in jesus name amen